Hola y bienvenidos al 9T Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 9T Podcast. My name is Cece, as in yes, yes. And over the past month, we have been celebrating Hispanic culture. And Hispanic culture is important to me, not only because of the colors and of course the food, but because it's a chance to celebrate the community that has proven over and over again that it is not afraid of hard work and commitment. A culture that has shown me the significance of education and support, and a community that has brought me to the place where I am today as a first-generation college student, achieving my dreams and the dreams of my ancestors. So in celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month, we reached out to Jose Granados, the VP of the UMD Latinx Alumni Network, to ask him about his experiences with Hispanic Heritage Month. Jose, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Cece, for having me and the team. Uh, it is a great honor. Muchas gracias por tenerme aquí y darme esta oportunidad de brindar mi experiencia. Gracias, Jose. Thank you very much. So, Jose, let's start off with this. What does Hispanic Heritage Month mean to you? You know, to me, definitely Hispanic heritage, right? I feel like it's an opportunity to kind of like open the door and greet other cultures into, you know, what we're about, right? So definitely, like you said, you know, we're more than just, you know, great food and all the recipes, right? And then each Latin American country or Hispanic heritage country, they have their own traditions, right? But definitely at the same time, it's also for me, it's like learning and understanding from others as well. So I feel like that's what it is. It's like that open door to bring other cultures within the mix and learn more about what Hispanic heritage or Hispanicidad is about. And then definitely we add in the mix Latino, right? The Latin experience. So that's another thing too that we keep we keep uh, we keep on evolving as time continues going on. I'm glad you mentioned the Latino culture, right, and Hispanic Heritage Month. So could you explain to us a little bit about what those different titles mean? What does it mean to be Latinx? What does it mean to be Latino? And what does it mean to be Hispanic? So I'm gonna try to do a little bit. I did Spanish literatures and culture. I was my major at the University of Maryland. As we get into the Hispanic, Hispanic is like a Spanish-speaking country or Hispanic, or you can trace your origin back to Spain, right? So that is where uh, it comes from, the term Hispanic. So it is inclusive, but at the same time, it excludes some countries that might have, like, for example, Brazil, who has a rich history. And also, like, it, it might be worse with Latino, Latina, right? So it's Spanish. It's a, it's a gender uh, language, gender binaries. And then the Latinx, which keeps adding. And Latinx is more like a U.S. Latino, Latina, Latinx culture as well. So it also has a little tensions as well, because... In Spanish, right, what would be the gender neutral when we add the, the gender non-binary or gender non-conforming to the mix? So that is evolving. At the same time, it does create a point of contention, right, between what is being said and what, you know, what some of the folks. Uh, for example, I was born in El Salvador. For me, I didn't understand what Hispanic was until I actually was like, oh, we're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. And I was like, what does that mean? And then you get introduced to this. And I feel like a lot of immigrants who come from their native countries, they're uh, most likely to understand that. But when we're here, we're trying to build this collective identity. And I feel like that's what Hispanic allows us to do. Hispanic allows us to celebrate our language or the language uh, Spanish, Spanish-speaking countries uh, from Latin America and Spain as well. But then the term Latino or Latina or Latinx allows us to include other in the Caribbean, the, the Caribbean as well. 
Wow. Yeah. Thank you for that explanation. I am Hispanic, but born here in the United States. Right. So for me, I've always used the term Hispanic. Right. So it wasn't until like getting older and into like high school and college where it's like, oh, no, but you're also Latina or Latina. And so I think that it is really nice to have clarification around those terms and also, you know, to say what we prefer to to go by. Um, And I think that that is also just kind of taking more power of that identity. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And not to add into that, I feel like, you know, we all choose our labels, right? And yes, at the same time, uh, and the thing about labels, whether Latino, Hispanic, or Latinx, it is understanding right so I challenge folks to understand where it's coming like I said Latino Latinx is more of like a new academia and area of study that's coming in so maybe Hispanic it's more predominantly and also in Spanish too mes de la hispanidad or mes de la herencia hispana whereas we don't say el mes latino or el mes de la latinidad that still it still hasn't gotten there I just yeah. want to make that note CC yeah no great great that's awesome and in your position as Vice President of the UMD Latinx Alumni Network, what has it been like building a community of Hispanic professionals? To be honest, it's, we're very, uh, we're trying to, we're still building, to be honest. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to join LAN or uh, the Latinx. And we started as the Latino Latina Alumni Association. And then Latinx is, uh, um, got, you know, been adding on as the gender inclusivity. We want to be more expanding, right? But it, what it means to me is just, I just want to be part. I grew up in Prince George's County. I went to University of Maryland. I feel I'm still living in, in Prince George's County. So I feel like the proximity of the University of Maryland and the, Latin, the, the Latinx Alona Association is I want to also want to bridge the gaps. I feel like one of those things within my community, or especially when I was going to high school, not many Latinos or Latinas, they felt like, oh my gosh, University of Maryland, I'm never going to get there. And at the same time, you know, it could be one, could be affordability, or two, is like they felt that they didn't have the qualifications, like the GPA, the SAT scores, um, and so forth. But what being in the Latino, the Latinx Alona Network has allowed me is visibility and representation. Not many undergraduates or organizations know, hey, give back, right? And within the, the Latinx Alona Network, we try to just bring uh, awareness and also about the, the Latinx culture that we exist and visibility. But we also want to bring like that point, you know, inviting other professionals, Hispanic professionals, Latino, Latinx professionals to come in and kind of like, hey, we have a service um service oriented we also have happy hours we also have a myriad i mean uh, the board is so eclectic and as, as we see it we just uh, last week we had a cooking peruvian style virtual network you know due to the pandemic but you know in event we will have loved that and we try to just bring that uh, not only professionals but also to celebrate the, the latinx and hispanic heritage culture Yeah, I think it's so important, like you said, to have that representation because a lot of, you know, kids that are in school now are first generation and never have had the guidance to um, navigate what it is like to go to college and even graduate school. Um, And so to have the land network there and provide those advocates to the, you know, Latinx community has is amazing. So you're doing an amazing job with your work. So thank you for that. And as someone who has made a career out of helping people in our community, how has Hispanic culture instilled that trait in you? 
to me, it's more of like, okay, empowerment and also like the, the same time, pay homage to the, the, the service as Latinos or Hispanics, you know, we are known, you know, that we're very inviting, right? We are, you know, we're trying to that. And I feel like for me, it, it has it has shaped me. I, you know, kind of like give back to, to what I have given. Because uh, I, 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 like I was sharing earlier, right? That for me, I went to, I attended my, I was a rising junior, I attended the Hispanic Youth Symposium, which is, it was like oh, over 150 kids. 50 youth in the uh, older state. And I remember that uh, that kind of like, that's what I saw myself in college and how I can make a difference because uh, professionals, Hispanic, Latino, Latina professionals were there kind of teaching me what they, what they have and we got to network with them. And I was like, let me bring that a little bit back. And I want to be that to someone, hopefully, when we come here and through my job, I'm able to do that. I am a job developer, TD instructor here at the Latin American Youth Center in the Riverdale Prince George's site. And trust me, the community is here. And uh, I get to use not only just my bilingual skills, but I get to use, and that's how we connect the UNICC when you should yeah. be partners in print at, at University of Maryland. And we will go to the schools around the area. And you don't know how, like, you know, like some of our families they might come that they don't know how to read and write. And you don't know how much just by having the conversation and just literally inviting them and being them part of showing them uh, what resources or pointing them, directing them to those resources, it can be like worthwhile and, and gratifying. Yeah, I definitely agree. I remember our partners in print day. So shout out to America Reads, America Counts, partners in print. Mm-hmm. They are definitely doing things in the community and advocating, like you said, you know, just getting that time for parents to actually spend with their children. And I know like within the Hispanic community, family is very, very big. So being able to go and work with both the parents and the children, um, it definitely gives more of a presence that, you know, we're here and we are, you know, if I can do this, you can do this too. And so I definitely appreciate the fact that you are, you know, still out in the community doing your GED curriculums and job readiness development for Latin American youth. And I think that that is just wonderful. And we need more people like that. So thank you. And with that, so what advice would you give to other teachers that may be instructing students who are not native English speakers? Being an educator is challenging, especially in this time. So my respect, I started as an educator and, uh, you know, for especially for our newcomers or our English learners community, whether they're Spanish speaking or, com- or Hispanic heritage, Latino or heritage, it's just educating ourselves in consciousness, raising ourselves consciousness and also keep each other accountable that we don't know at all. So we have to say, you know, being able to ask ourselves, for me, even myself, right, folks would think that, or my colleagues that, oh, you knew uh, that I knew everything, you know, and I feel like as well as, as Latinos and Latinas too, we need to value about education, how we can also give back to the community. Yes, we, it is great. I mean, we need more folks in business. We need more folks, lawyers, and we need more folks uh, in other sectors, right? But also what about education? Uh, what about that, right? It's about, uh, but, uh, but my advice is just that, like don't, don't uh, be afraid to ask questions. Also, don't be afraid to start something, uh, become that advocate as well, because I feel like that's what uh, my fellow, uh, and I would have to mention her, uh, Dusa Hernandez, fellow uh, University of Maryland alum, 
I don't know how she did it. She was like, hey, we're going to coordinate an after school program for our ESOL or English learner babies. And we started coordinating that. And, and I feel like we need that. Uh, and definitely I encourage uh, other Latinos, like if they can teach or, or, or try to erase the stigma about teaching or being an educator in any capacity, shape or form. I still consider myself an educator because that's what I do. I interact with youth 18 to 24, but before I used to be middle school, but that, that's another thing too. Like, don't be afraid to ask, be an advocate. And also if you can devote the time, be a mentor, serve as a mentor in the community. Definitely. I aspire to give back one day as you are doing now. So with that, what is one piece of advice that you would give to students? Definitely to students, I would say it like, and, and, and I was having this conversation with my sister because we were discussing grades. Mm-hmm. Definitely try to learn the Spanish language. It's a beautiful language, not just speaking it because it's a discipline in itself, just like English. Learn how to read and write it mm-hmm. and, and learn uh, how to code switch and how that definitely can help you. It's a skill. It's a skill that you can definitely use and it, may, and it will make you more marketable. So definitely students try to polish that because you never know that much that or any language in general, French, Mandarin, Creole, just ensure that you know it. Mum, native uh, indigenous uh, Quechua, all of those are beautiful language because, and this is what I, I used to tell my students, make sure that you learn it so you can also take it back for the community and they see you're the point of reference now and I feel like now you know in that, that for me too I feel like okay I'm a point of reference uh, because at the beginning I was like you know there's other folks that you can interview CC but I really honor that you <laughs> brought me to the podcast uh, as well but definitely that's that and and definitely I know this might be cliche but aim big like for me too, I feel like ain't big, like you, you, you never know. Like for me, I, I didn't feel like I had the confidence to apply to university, like University of Maryland or an Ivy League school. And I feel like have a, you need to foster the confidence. And I feel like with a Latino and Latina students, it's, that's the thing, they don't have that, maybe because they don't have mentors or at the same time, our parents, unfortunately, for us being first generation or second generation, we don't have those answers being answered contrary to, to, other, to other folks. So definitely that's another thing that you can continue doing, like be daring as well. Like in education is definitely open doors, but also there's other things as well that you can look at. Well, it's a good thing we're at Maryland learning how to be fearless. So that's awesome. And now uh, just a little something more informal. What are some of your favorite Spanish catchphrases? Oh, my Spanish catchphrases. There, oh, I, I wasn't ready for this one. There's so many. <laughs> but, you know, it's like we have all these modismos, right? Like, and I, and, and I, you know, I may joke around, but I feel like I have kind of like Spanish phrases would be like, uh, for example, like uh, I'm from El Salvador and uh, we use like cipote, ese volado, and of course, other things that I want to say. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, for example, like bicho, right? Bicho to us means like a little kid or, <laughs> or bicha as female. But if you say somebody who's from Puerto Rico or other countries, it, it has a different connotation. So kind of having that conversation is kind of funny or uh, what it is. So, but definitely for me, it's like one of like my great grandma, Mamatina, rest in peace, you say it was like Jesus del Huerto. <laughs> so he's like Jesus from the garden or something like that. So we have those modismos and I, you know, I, 
I use it and, and it comes, but it is, but by the same time, uh, it makes me smile, as you can see. <laughs> so so yeah. that's something, it's nostalgia, it's reliving some experiences and also remembering as well, folks who came before me. Definitely. This has been such a great conversation, Jose. Again, I am so proud to hear of all the work that you are doing within the community. And I would like to give you an opportunity to let the USG community know about how they can get involved. Definitely. Look, if there's, if, if, I mean, I'm pretty sure there might, there, there's going to be some, if there's not a Latino, Latinx, association or Hispanic association, do it, become those leaders, USG, get involved, be, um, I know you have to make time and I know it might be a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, I feel like for me to being uncomfortable, some spaces, right, uh, that people didn't look like me or didn't share some of the opinions that I had, it's okay. Uh, And I feel like with dialogue and respect, you're able to get your point across. That's one thing that I saw myself. I feel like at the beginning, I was a little bit more radical But at the same time, don't try to shut those, be willing to dialogue, like hear the other part, Uh, because this is a beautiful country. It's a beautiful opportunities in this area, the metropolitan area of Washington, the DMV, it's such a beautiful and an eclectic area that definitely get involved. And don't forget where you come from. Acknowledge that. Thank you so much for those words of wisdom. And uh, anything else you would like to plug your organization or anything else on campus? No, uh, yeah, most definitely if you are able to check out our events right now, we're doing virtual on the 28th. We're having our Marigold and Dia de los Muertos celebration. So please check us out at UMB underscore LAN in Instagram or just the Latinx Alumni Network on on Facebook. We're still on Facebook. (laughs) So check us out for future events and maybe if we can create some partnerships or anything just let us know and we'll be happy to definitely we're we're growing we're still growing and definitely or if we can assist other folks uh we're happy to be there and collaborate as well thank you for giving us all those wonderful resources jose and again thank you so much for joining us on this podcast no thank you for having me cc appreciate it And now I'll pass it over to Jules to talk more about this week's events. Join us for Outdoor Movie Night on Friday, October 15th at 7 p.m. in the USG Courtyard. The rain location is Building 1 Auditorium. Join us for the Hispanic Heritage Month pop-up celebration happening Wednesday, October 13th, 3 to 4.30 at the Side Cafe, Building 3. Listen to our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at USG number 9T.